1: Doctor,
2: look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew.
1: Clear.
3: Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. Homebrew. We have another show full of great homebrew fun for you. With me, as always, are Brian Schar and Brian Cooper, our Grandmaster BJCP judges, assuming That's your service. Yeah, assuming the uh, BJCP hasn't been thrown into the void, and it's like the purge that just never ends, Mm -hmm. and now it's a whole new ranking system, and uh, who knows what's going on over there. I haven't heard anything, but I'm just guessing. Some People are saying that, I don't know. Some people have said there, there's been which, which some upheaval. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you; it's just an insider, I've insider information. <laughs> uh, you know, the NSA has been there, spying on the BGCP. No, I, I just have heard this. I've heard, I've heard it.
0: I don't mm, know. Someone, some guy me. said, "Yeah, there's
4: uh, a new president too in the BGCP yeah. and uh, you oh, know, there's there? been some changes." Oh, uh, did the other uh, one? So yeah,
3: the, the other one really uh, won, and uh, the new one is just faking it in a TV set.
4: There was a <laughs> regional election and. Uh, <laughs> No, there was a regional election in the the, the mid Atlantic re- there, and uh, uh, there was a change in in, uh, in reps in that So to be the president, you have to also be a rep for the bylaws, and so nice. you know, we um, we we had to it forced a change. Good. So that's what happens. We we're rolling with it, uh, but yeah, we we were. I have it on pretty crappy authority that we're actually turning the rankings upside down, so that now Apprentice mm-hmm. is the highest rank. Wow, so, you're so- probably gonna have to. F- Fire I, Brian and myself. I outrank mm. you guys,
5: then. Yeah, As that's recommend. what I'm going to have to away all the way back up to Apprentice. Yeah, I
3: think mean, that's good. <laughs> uh, we I'm are back down. here with Colin. Colin, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you. Um, we do. I do want to get to your beer, uh, Brian Schar, I know. I told you. I want to hear about your trip to Dubai. Let's do it after the show because I think everybody on the show is like up late right now.
5: Oh God! Yeah, let's. I won't. I'm not gonna like bore us the tears. Take too a lot of time, fucking still, late, bro. I know. That's why I bought three years yeah. too late on boring the uh, <laughs> podcasting world. The tears. No, it'll be great, beer.
3: man. I'm I'm excited about it. I want to know how Brian Shaw. It's almost like when Big Bird visited Japan. I feel like it was just. <laughs> it would just be so weird and like. I'm really out of place right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, Colin, what beer did you send everybody here this today? Uh,
1: check uh, premium pale lager.
3: Check premium pale Lager. I looked in my box. I didn't see it. I think you sent me you sent me a pale ale and an IPA, um, and uh, uh, I'm a, a little offended.
4: If he finds it later in the back of his fridge, he'll try it and then listen to our notes and then. Yes, crap all over them yes i will
3: go back and listen to this show just to check the notes no. 100%
5: Speaking of listening to the show is yes. there a segment is there a thing we needed to talk about right at the very beginning yeah
3: probably yourself? five star yeah. chemicals you can go to five star and learn about the best way to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment which is by using i bet you can guess Five Star Chemicals. That's what the whole website is about, people. It's easy stuff. I'm surprised you didn't get that. You get an F for the day. Uh, but you can make extra credit up by listening to Colin's segment here for a second. But yeah, Five Star Chemicals, they've been supporting this show. They've been supporting the Bring Network for a long, long time. Probably too long, but don't tell them that. Um, use their products, please. Buy them. If your local home shop does not carry them, ask for them. If you do use their products, send them an email. Let them know. Just thank them for doing the show. Uh, I think that we provide a lot of good information here on this uh, weird-ass program. So uh, someone's got to pay for it. You're not going to pay for it as a listener. So uh, we're going to make sure of that. And Five Star's is making sure of that, too, by uh, by uh, letting us keep doing the show. So thank you, Five Star. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, Colin. Check premium pale lager. My Always my question. I feel like Brian Sharna, Is this the first time you've ever brewed this beer?
1: Uh, this is the third iteration.
3: Third iteration. Okay. All right. Do you feel like you're learning anything? Do you feel like you're honing yes. in on, on what you need it to be?
1: Absolutely. So this okay. is a light, subtle beer, so there's you can make little adjustments and it makes big changes. But
3: Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Move the slide a, a tiny little bit.
1: Right. Water chemistry and IBUs and all that good stuff make a difference okay. from what I found.
3: Okay. Perfect. All right. Uh, Brian Cooper. Are you ready, my friend? And so, Char started off with Colin last sure. time, let's, uh, let's yeah, get you going. Yeah, I can,
4: I can get you started here. I, I just right. uh, I, I, I wiped it. That the, sounded
5: vaguely threatening.
4: <laughs> I wiped the mold off from underneath the lip of the bottle so that I wouldn't get any coloration from that. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks for pointing that out to JP. Um, hey, okay. Man, you're welcome. Check premium pill lager. Had a light hiss upon opening um in the nose i'm getting um, a cooked corn like dms jumping out a bit at first it it did fade a bit after uh after sitting for a little bit and there's some uh, brainy gritty uh malt in there medium low faint floral hop aroma um it's kind of hiding no obvious um esters no diastole detected um otherwise nice lager like you know uh, a good lager character um but perhaps something left a little bit of, uh, of sulfur or corniness in there uh perhaps from the malt um but uh the, there's a lot of pills malt obviously in these beers <laughs> um and and fighting against the that that uh, the dms is a struggle for people who like to brew them um um uh, it's not heavy but uh it is noticeable to me just uh yeah uh appearance wise it's a very pretty rich uh golden beer with brilliant clarity and uh finely formed white head uh very creamy looking uh fantastic retention everything perfectly to style like the clarity on this is you, you well yeah on the screen people watching on facebook i have to hold it the right way because otherwise it disappears with my background here but <laughs> anyway i had three points for appearance um flavor wise um clean initial impression um and in the flavor i'm getting less of that corn like dms coming through uh then i think just initially got in the aroma. um it, it's there's a touch of sulfur it's it's lower here Grainy, bready malt with a lightly sweet, almost candy corn like impression. Medium low um, floral hop. multi sweetness lingers into the aftertaste. Um, Very far from cloying uh, with low bitterness and a soft, semi sweet finish. Uh, It's a clean lager fermentation. uh, You know, mostly just, uh, you know, for the most part, it seems very clean on the fermentation. I think that the any corn like quality is just coming from the, the pills malt. And, um, you know, there's no diacetyl or any acid aldehyde. There's not, nothing else to indicate any, any problem with the fermentation here. So, um, the balances to the malt, um, pretty, pretty nice to style for the most part there. Uh, just a little distraction with the, the lighter in the flavor, the corn like quality there, but, uh, medium bodied, um, uh, just a bit toward the less, lively side um um, could possibly use a little more um well it's the medium low co2 it could could probably bring that up to medium but no warmth or astringency um not really creamy still just smooth beer i'd like it maybe a little more crisp and maybe a little little more co2 would do that too just um not to the point of making it biting (laughs) Um, overall impression it seems like a a fairly well crafted um czech premium pill lager can we please just call it czech pills I, I know, yeah. <laughs> no how um, dare you <laughs> okay anyway well i think yeah you can only really call pilsner or kell is the only one that can call us so all that right for or they i don't know yeah
3: i guess i don't i don't like that hyper regional like shit i don't know it's just like it's fine we can call i call car, uh, sparkling wine champagne i don't give a shit i'm a rebel yeah you know
5: you're a barbarian. Um, it's
3: true. Sparkling wine. I'm not going to go out of my way to appease people who can't even hear it. You know what I mean? It's just, a, it's just, it's just carbonated wine. It's fine.
4: Sorry. So I think I'd like the beer to be just a little, a little drier. There's a touch of sweetness here. That um, might be kind of, you know, fighting with the hops. Just a touch because the, the hops aren't coming out quite as much. You could up the hops but I think just, there's a little sweetness in here. That's playing off of the, uh, you know, just kind of covering up the hops a little bit and the, and the corn like quality and the aroma. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you use just a little touch more bitterness and hop to bring it closer to the style, but also just drive that boil a little bit harder and, and, and convert those, uh, uh, drive off the DMS precursors, the SMMS from the pills malt. You want to just be careful about that. Uh, open rolling boil and you know i know colin knows what he's doing so i feel yeah you know, <laughs> well it, and it's a subtle thing i think it's a it's a minor it's a minor f- flaw so uh, i'm gonna land here and the kind of the the middle very good at uh, like a 34 but it's it's generally it's it's actually a really good version of the style i like it a lot in a lot of ways and just that There's, there can be a little, a little sulfur in these beers too, but it it just comes across like cooked corn. So I I think that it's a little much and it's definitely DMS. So if you got rid of that, this would be like 40 point beer, honestly, it's really, it's really good otherwise. And I think the recipe is fantastic. It's like, everything is right where it is. Like you could just change that little sweetness um, um, thing, dry it out a little more, get the hop to come out a little more, just a touch more. I'd love to taste the rebrew of this. I think it's fantastic. Drive the boil a little harder and then it's, it's good. So, you know, kind of almost hate to land there with this beer, but it's, it's okay. I I think that's hopefully fair. So I will wait for what Brian says.
3: (laughs) All right, Brian, let's go. What do you got to say?
5: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I ended up landing about the same score as Cooper, but I think for totally different reasons. Uh, And I, you know, Take take my opinion with a grain of salt here. I've never been to a Czech Republic. I've this might be the first Czech premium pale lager I've had. Uh, you know, not counting Urkel, which is kind of its own own thing. Uh, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. I this is a good beer. Uh, bottle inspection. Uh, it was everything. I gave it the check. Check the box. It's a high fill. Uh, aroma. Initially, the aroma was. To me, it, it kind of was unusual that the first impression of the aroma that I got, and even as it warms up, it's still somewhat there, is like a stone fruit apricot fruitiness. Uh, hmm. And I opened up, uh, I should have opened up the second bottle of this. I, I had kind of meant to in the break between the shows, and I I, I didn't. Uh, so I, I don't know if this is just a bottle variance or if it's a normal, if it's in in all the bottles. Um. Uh, it's followed up by a low uh, malt aroma that's like a it's similar to a pills malt. Uh, maybe it's pills mixed with something else. I'll be curious what your your malt bill is. Uh, didn't get any hop aroma. I, I didn't get diacetyl or uh, or DMS. But as it warms, I also get a weird like honey malt character to it, which I wouldn't think you would have any honey malt in here. But there is, and it's. It's kind of to me confused a little with this apricot honey malt aroma, and I'm uh, frankly I'm a little baffled about where it's coming from, uh, but it's probably not something that's supposed to be in the uh, Czech premium uh, pale lager. I gave it a seven out of twelve for aroma, uh, appearance three out of three. It's spectacularly clear. Uh, both of the beers that you've sent us for you know this show and the last show have been just their exemplary clarity. I mean, they're just fantastic. Uh, so you're doing a great job with making your clear beers clear. Uh, there's a low white head that's persistent, colors pale gold, three out of three. Uh, flavor, initially, the what the flavor I get is a, like a pale malt slash Pils malt. Not quite as perfumey as a, a Pils by itself, but you know, there's I, think I, I would get a little bit of Pilsner in there. Uh, hot bitterness comes up almost into balance in mid-palate, but I think it's still sort of a malt-dominated uh, beer. The finish is long and, and malt-centered. Uh, it's well attenuated. Uh, some of that fruit character that I get in the aroma is also in the flavor. Which I didn't think was appropriate, so I gave that 11 out of 20. Uh, I did not get the, uh, the DMS that Cooper was, was getting. Uh, and maybe I am, and this weird fruit character that I'm getting is somehow uh, uh, just some form of DMS. I, I don't know, uh, but I, I'm just not getting that that DMS. Yeah. Uh, mouthfeel, medium body, low carbonation, uh, almost flat, but this doesn't have to be a super high carbonated beer. Uh, low warming, uh, it's creamy, not astringent, 5 out of 5. Uh, overall impression, 6 for a total of 32. Uh, you know I've never had one of these beers but you know thank you for sharing this Uh, I like these sort of Central European styles and I'm always curious to try new ones and learn a little bit more about them Um, that the fruity honey character in the aroma and a little bit in the flavor is just is out of place and I'm kind of at a loss to figure out where that may have came from i probably i should probably run out in the kitchen and grab the other bottle and see if it's presented there i mean maybe i don't know if you reuse your bottles or not maybe there was something we'll see yeah, you're it's shaking your head yeah you're not you're too you're a good brewer and you're you know entering competitions and you're not like reusing that stuff so you're not getting any weird stuff left any extracts or stuff left over um I also think maybe a little bit more hop flavor and bitterness would be good for this beer. Mm -hmm. Uh, They both seemed a little on, on the low side. And this seemed like more of a malt dominated lager to me, which is fine. Uh, But again, I'm just not that familiar with this style from the standpoint of having drank a lot of these beers and going just by what the guidelines say, I want maybe a little more uh, bitterness, a little more hop flavor. Uh, but overall, I I liked it. I think it was definitely deserves being in the very good category at 32, and I'm looking forward to hearing about all the details. Thanks for sharing.
4: All right, very good. Yeah. All right, it's Colin. Funny. I think I yeah I kind of agree with Brian. It's like you know a lot of people's impression of this beer is colored by just what. Pilsner Kell tastes like because it's hard to get a lot of different examples unless you go to Czech and yeah. taste around there. So uh, you know, all of the looking at the commercial examples, you know, I was like, how many of those have I had? Well, aside from when I went to Czech Republic, you know, and it, it's like <laughs> one. It's yeah, Pilsner Kell. So we need a doctor
5: homebrew field trip to Czech Republic, and we should see if Justin will pay for it.
4: Yep, I'm, I'm sure
3: that'll happen. It, yeah. <laughs> All right, Colin. Tell us about this uh, this beer here.
5: Uh, I'll run the
1: recipe, and then we can kind of chat from there. Sound good? Yep, love it. Uh, so malt bill: ninety uh, eight percent Vireman floor malted Bohemian Pilsner malt, uh, and then two uh, percent Cara Bohemian. So Cara Bohemian is supposed to be a Czech crystal malt. Um, it's like seventy L thereabouts. So that actually, if you, I was poking around on Vireman's website and they have some videos uh, from their maltster and they talked about using 2% of that in a beer to get that, to make it taste like a Czech Pilsner or mm. pill Lager or whatever. So I think that's a lot of what you guys are picking up. Um, so I don't know. I think a little bit of that character would be good, but I do think it's too much. So maybe I'd cut that in half or something like that.
5: Well, even at 2%, that must be like a really strong character malt. Yeah,
1: that's the only, literally the only thing I've ever used it in so I, I wow I it's 70
4: l yeah it's a lot of color too but yeah it's not you know the color is, is good for the beer yeah it, right it's, it pushed to kind of golden but yeah it's good
1: yeah if you use just just the the uh, boat pills by itself it's too light like if you compare it to pills and real yeah. things like that it's not nearly dark enough yeah makes sense um original gravity was 52 final gravity was 10. Um, I use, I use 2278, which is the Czech pills. And I pitch about 2 million cells per milliliter per degree Play-Doh. So I, I like to pitch high. And I pitch at 46 degrees and hold it there until you see Krausen and then bump it to 50 and uh, let it ride by itself, basically to 55 and then right toward the end of fermentation, bump it up to 58, just, just to be safe. Um, so 87, 80, 81% attenuation. So I, I don't think there's an issue there. I, um, I love
5: the degree of fermentation temperature control that you, yeah. you exercise. And I think especially <laughs> for, for lagers, that's, that, that can be really important.
1: It, yeah. I've I played with those temperatures a lot. It makes a big difference. Uh, pitching them cold. I think has helped dramatically too. I, I like doing that. It seems to make a difference.
4: Yeah.
3: All right. What do you guys think of that recipe?
4: What did you think? Uh, what did you do with your water? Oh, there you go. It's uh, supposed to be very soft, obviously.
1: So, Whenever I do that, the beers taste like garbage. Like there's no flavor; they taste like nothing. So I just said screw it, and I I did. Um, what is it? Uh, hold on. Well, I didn't quite say screw it on this one. So I did uh, <laughs> thirty-one sulfate, twenty-seven sodium, uh, and nineteen chloride uh, mash pH. So I was shooting for five two, and it came out at five four. So I think that's where some of the crispness is missing. Um, where
4: was your calcium at uh
1: 19
4: 19 i think you want to get that up to at least towards 50 i think that they they you know they they have soft brewing water but they know you got to have calcium to convert everything properly and get it you know get those enzymes working in the in the mash and i think that's going to help uh you know with your mash ph and everything uh calcium is key and keep every, everything yeah. you, else you said it seemed low enough that it's in the territory it's not bad but right. but i would bring
5: calcium up a bit okay yeah i i, so, I agreed 19 is real low
1: i i can't right. get low water with with or i can't get those so all the calcium the sulfate and other things gonna bump up if i go to 50 yeah. calcium with my water True. so that's the i have to, figure trigger, how to do that
4: yeah um because I
1: basically have no oh, calcium in my water. My base water is stupid soft.
4: Well, that's
3: a that's yo, a that fun shit dummy soft, gap, yo. <laughs> yes. Oh no,
1: it's it's nice because I can build whatever I want from it. <laughs> <I'm> much <laughs> rather have it that way than the other. Yeah, absolutely, so. man. Absolutely.
3: Yeah.
4: Well, uh, um, it, yeah, it did hops. dry out a lot. Uh, you know, the, the final gravity list in the guidelines, like 1013 to 1017, and that's your 1010, is, it's pretty dry. Right. And I found it funny that the, you know, the malt sweetness we're getting must all be from that that especially malt because it's, you know, may, I mean, maybe try a 1% version with it and see what it does. I don't know. I mean, it's really, you know, you, you, you don't expect much else in these besides just the Pills malt, but you're right. It's going to just be really light. But also, if, I mean, if you, how did you drive the boil? Did you drive the boil a little bit? That's so, going to give you some color too. Yeah,
1: I boil the ever living hell out of the beer, so I had about twenty three percent evaporation. So I, in an hour, I boil
4: off about a gallon and a half. Damn! So did you do just an hour boil, or did you do ninety yeah. minutes? Yeah. Gonna... Okay, go to ninety minutes. Okay. Hmm. Try, that's gonna that's gonna help you. Okay. It, it takes a while to boil off all the you know with such a just a pills is what you have here and and drive off all that precursor the smms i would boil it just as hard at 90 minutes maybe back that especially malt back to one percent you'll still get a good color you'll get a little color from kettle caramelization and see how it comes out mm-hmm. but you know maybe maybe go go gentle with the water because i mean you didn't have any problem fermenting. you didn't have any problem you know the conversion happened everything worked fine so maybe you go a little more calcium. I, I don't want to say go right up to 50, you know, yeah, just five do it. Brew. fuck it. Well, then you got to add, he's, he's right. You got to add something else to do it. So yeah. you have to figure out what that is and, and get there. But no, I don't know. Just um, yeah. Food for thought. You, you want go. hops? Yes. Give well, us I think the hops. That, yeah. A little more hops. Um,
1: so at 60 minutes, I did half an ounce of Magnum. At 20 minutes, I did two ounces of saws. At five minutes, I did two ounces of saws. And then I did a, a hop stand at 185 degrees for 20 minutes with two ounces. So there's six and a half ounces of saws hop in that beer and for five gallons.
4: Your water's so soft. It just, yeah. It's, yes. it's, wow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's amazing how much hop you can put in this beer and have it
5: still just be like, yeah, there's a little <laughs> hop there. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. And yeah. saws can be, it's so flavorful, but the alphas on that can be so low. That's like three
1: point six. That particular bag I have, so yeah, it's a forty a high, IBU calculation.
5: Wow, That's I don't know high what for it sauce, is. In, in yeah. my yes. experience, like Magnum and Horizon, are you know they're they're supposedly high alpha, low flavor, but I just never seem to get good results using like Magnum or Horizon. Maybe it's just me, but it just never seems like I get the bittering out of them like I would want.
1: Yeah. I use Magnum a lot, like almost any beer that I just try to get clean bitterness. Magnum is my go-to. So I, I use a hop spider and I think that's killing me because based off the feedback from the beers today and some competitions lately, my bitterness doesn't seem to match my IBUs very well. That's a, a pretty common comment I get is it's kind of bordering on the sweetness that maybe that, the bitterness mm-hmm. isn't quite as good. So I don't know if I'm getting crappy utilization because of the like that stainless steel sieve spider thing I'm using or what.
5: What, what is what is this thing you're using?
1: So, basically, it's it's uh, a stainless steel mesh cylinder that kind of yep. clips on the side of the of the, the kettle. Mm-hmm. So, I dump the hops in there to keep the hot matter out of the beer. And you I know, I, I, I had nice. one of those for a
5: while and I I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I think you might be correct. that I, I'm not sure that I, I had gotten as good a utilization out of that as I would have wanted because... I don't know I always felt like yeah that's sitting in there and the the fluid is maybe somehow getting through but that mesh is not as open as I would want it to be because it were more if it were more open the pieces of, of hops would leak out and I don't know I, I'm not a chemist I'm not a biochemist but I think maybe there's something to just letting them out being free in your kettle uh, through the whole process and then trying to st- if you need to strain them some, somehow, strain them at the end rather than during the middle of the boil. Yeah, I'll try muslin bags too.
3: Yeah, it would be yeah. interesting to to try because yeah, I mean, what's the difference between a bag and a stainless steel sieve, right? Like it's yeah, it's restricting the flow at some point, but it's also you get a saturation, and because the boil is moving, it's dragging that wort across the thing. So I think the extraction's probably just going to be fine. Or I would imagine on a homebrew scale, you're never going to know. You know, and I think the only reason like, yeah. commercial breweries don't do that is because it would just it doesn't make sense. Imagine imagine pulling out a fucking muslin bag with like, you know, 300 pounds of hops in it or
5: whatever. I don't know. I, uh, just, I uh, just made uh, up that number. But he like has that le- to get his intern to do that. Yeah, yeah,
3: like at that level, I think it makes sense. But I, I brewed a lot of beers where like that bag is basically flat and it's just sort of, you know, buoyant on the top of the boil as it's rolling because there's like an ounce and a half of hops in it. Like, I don't think that's going to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not going to get a, a, a loss there, but maybe there is some, I, you know, like you said, you're not a chemist. So what do you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Colin, do you have any specific questions for the guys? Anything we haven't uh, addressed yet?
1: I think you guys hit it. I, um, I definitely think I'll uh, back that Carabohamian down a little bit. Um, I did this recipe with uh, Barbe Rouge. Instead of saws, just for for kicks. I, yes. Actually, I didn't use the caribou but did it with barbe rouge with just uh, the form of pills, and it was fantastic. Hmm. Um, so, barbe rouge tastes like strawberry gummies to me. Like, oh wow, you know, like gummy snacks, strawberry gummy snacks.
4: Interesting. Um, have you have you uh, have you ever tried to tackle a triple decoction? No, just ask. I don't ask myself asking.
1: enough. But
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, <laughs> I mean, dude, supposedly, you know. Uh, you, you you could try it and see what happens.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. That, I, I need uh, to do one. Like I, I just tend to to agree with the things that say it doesn't make a difference just because I don't want to do it. So
5: mm. <laughs> no, but, I don't, yeah. you don't have enough gullible friends to come over and stir that uh, decoction <laughs> for you for an hour.
4: Yep.
3: Yeah. Hell no, dude.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Not gonna I've
5: I've never
4: done one either. I've i participated in some decoction action, but never full like triple. Deco- That's a long ass brew day and. But it would, it might be worth a try for some of these styles that you know, traditionally for whatever reason, you know, they did it. <laughs> it's yep. uh, yeah, it's something to consider. Another yeah.
1: interesting thing about this, like you said, Pilsner Urquell is what most people have, and that beer is diacetyl all the way. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's hard um, to brew one. Like I obviously don't want diacetyl in my beer, but if that's what everybody <laughs> thinks of when they think of a style, it's like, how do you? How do you do
5: that? Yeah, I think you they would. Take, I get think get they a would... microwave packet of microwave popcorn, <laughs> yep. and you put that in that muslin bag, and you there just you dip that in for like five minutes at the end, or you put it in the keg, you dry corn it, yeah. and then you get the all the diastole it. you that's want. That's what
3: you do. Yeah.
5: All right, Colin, I'll well, those, if yeah. that's
3: it, we're going to let you split off, dude. Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah.
4: It's a really good drinkable beer, and I know you work hard right. on your stuff. So cheers to you know for brewing this. I think we're being maybe a little too picky on it than we yeah. might need to be. And and Brian and I are going a little bit different directions. So I'll have to take him out back and beat him up after this. But you know, yeah we'll figure it out. Appreciate it, yes.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, right, I Appreciate your sharing. Thanks, man. Take
3: care. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna drink more homebrew with Nate. It's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Stay tuned. We will be right back Has been moved to 230. Hey, thanks for hanging around, everybody. This is Dr. Homebrew. We are joined by Nate. Nate, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, JP. And uh, hey, uh, we were chatting before, uh, you know, during the break, and you did not send me the beer. And I'm uh, slightly offended, yet <laughs> um,
4: pleasantly aroused no i don't like i wonder why i had oh, six bottles yeah. in my fridge you know like oh why did you send me six of them yeah. i was supposed to bring one to jp that's why yeah
3: and Sorry. why do they all say give to jp and brian Sharp? i don't know <laughs> i thought that was the name of the beer i thought this is a clever name i like it <laughs> uh-huh. We we'll drink these uh nate what beer did you send everybody
0: i sent a kolsch this time
3: a kolsch okay is this something you've done before
0: uh, yeah. One other time, maybe, maybe a couple times, but I did send one in last year to you guys. You reviewed it on, uh, in April and on show one sixty seven. you reviewed it. So wow. taking some of your suggestions, I, I remade it here this spring for a summer. Oh, beer. awesome.
3: Okay, cool, man. I love it. Love to hear it, All man. Right. So, I love that you have the show number also. That was cool. <laughs> I like that. Man. It was neat. It was neat. I won't be prepared. Yep. I won't make fun of you about it.
4: Um, <laughs>
5: we, we have show numbers.
4: I think you yeah. already did, but
3: eh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I could try again.
4: Uh, he's a hypochondriac, uh, officially, I think. <laughs> That's might've, true. might have even termed that, uh, coined that term. Was it you that coined the
5: term? No. No. That's, no. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, um, all right, Brian Shar, why don't you start off with Nate here?
5: Yes, thanks, Nate. Uh, you know, I've asked you this in previous shows, I'm sure, but are you in a homebrew club? Yeah, I'm part of the Rapid
0: River Mashmaster Group here in central Wisconsin and uh, Wisconsin Rapids here.
5: Awesome. Shout out to those guys. And uh, thank you for sharing this beer. You know, I, I love Kolsch, and I've never successfully made one that I would really drink more than a couple of <laughs> couple of glasses of or share with anybody else. So this is, a, in in my opinion, this really, is a really difficult style to, to homebrew. And uh, my hat's off to you for giving it a shot because it's not a simple one. Uh, bottle inspection was uh, great. Uh, it was very... You know, it, it, it's always nice when you lift up the bottle and it's like you see right through the bottle. You know there's <laughs> going to be a very clear uh, liquid inside. Um, aroma uh, got right out of the fridge. I got a low malt aroma, uh, low esters. Uh, it reminded me of a Hefeweizen, not, not with a, a clove or anything. And I thought about it for a little while. I thought maybe banana. That may be more bubble gum, but then I thought maybe it's just more, maybe it's some wheat malt. And later on, I'll be curious if there's any wheat in your your grain bill, uh, because I, I, I did get like almost a Hefeweizen impression uh, at first, uh, which for me is good because I, I love Hefeweizen. Uh, as it, it's got kind of a spicy hop aroma, which may kind of play into my perception of why it you know initially smelled a little like a Hefeweizen. Uh, unfortunately as it warmed up i got kind of some some pumpkin-y squashy dms hmm. uh, in there uh which was not uh yeah it's the well, way you let them warm up i guess but i gave it 612 for aroma because of that uh, uh that dms character appearance three, of three. this is beyond crystal clear this beer I poured, you know, this, this much of this, more than this, into the glass and look down through, set it on the score sheet, look down there, and you know, literally you could read everything on the score sheet. So uh, kudos to you. That's really difficult to do. And this is a very, very clear beer. Um, low persistent white head, straw color, three out of three. Uh, flavor. Uh, first impression is very light. And this is a little kind of just out of the fridge due to a variety of personal stuff i judged these beers for this show like maybe an hour before the show uh, and li- literally pulled them out of the fridge just judged them and made myself some dinner and then let them sit out for a little while longer and taste came back to taste them when they were warm so unfortunately the problem when you're when first impression is like very low anything and it's just out of the fridge that's you know user error by trying to smell something or taste something right out of the fridge when the beverage is really cold. That's why I like to come back to them when they're warmer. Um, low pale malt I, in here. I didn't quite seem like Pilsner. It doesn't have to be Pilsner malt. I'll be curious what it is. Get a low fruity note, which is a classic for Kolsch. Uh, low bitterness that ramps up mid palate to balance. Um, no real hop flavor that I could, could tell. Uh, it's so well attenuated to me. The malt flavor is is real low. And even that, that's, I get that, I continue to get that excellent attenuation even as it warms up. Uh, it's maybe a little low in hot bitterness, uh, but over, because <laughs> I, I don't know, I, for Kolsch, I, I haven't, if I'm getting a commercial Kolsch, something like a Reisdorf Kolsch is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And a Reisdorf has, You know, kind of a surprisingly firm bitterness. And that might be an outlier. You know, not every Kolsch has to be Reisdorf. Uh, Not every Kolsch has to be firmly bitter. But I think maybe a little more bitterness would be a good idea. Uh, But as it warmed up, I definitely started getting some of that, you know, pumpkin harshness, DMS in the flavor as well as the aroma. Mm. So uh, uh, 9 out of uh, 20 for flavor. Uh, Mouthfeel, 4 out of 5. Light body. Uh, Medium low carbonation, I think a little bit lower than. I mean, a coal sh- really should be like a really sparkling, bright, carbonated beer. And this, it, it, for me, getting carbonation in the bottle is one of the hardest parts of home brewing. It's it's it can be just devilishly complicated. Uh, and I think maybe a little more carbonation would have, would have helped here. Uh, no warming. It shouldn't be a warming beer. Smooth. It's dare I say creamy. Uh, <laughs> No astringency. Four out of five. Overall impression six for a total of 28, which is good. It's the high end of good. Uh, you know, I like this beer. Uh, and when it's right out of the fridge, I could pretty much drink like uh, 12 of these. Uh, it's just really easy drinking. Uh, it's when it kind of warms up that the DMS comes out, maybe not quite as pleasant. Uh, and just uh, getting the DMS out which is we talked about in the last show with longer boils and so forth with very strongly Pilsner based beers uh, is the 90 minute boil is not just a, a momaly. It actually is really important to getting rid of DMS, that 90 minute boil, and then trying to get it down below that, that DMS formation temperature range, which Cooper isn't that something like 160 to 180 180 to 200, something like that. It's in the upper hundreds. You want to try to race through that as quickly as you can after you've minimized yeah. the precursors. Uh, and that helps get the, the DMS down. But I, I feel bad for giving you a 28 after you sent, you know, I went to all the trouble of sending these, these beers to us, but uh, <laughs> Hey, it's a better coach than I ever made, man. See, so, there you go. Uh,
3: that shouldn't thank you. make you feel good at all.
5: <laughs> and um, Cooper, it's, I think you're up. Yeah.
3: Go for it. Coops coopaloop loop.
5: All right. Okay.
4: All right. The um I'm struggling with this in a little bit too. Like it's there's in the aroma I, I felt like I got a very a light, very light corn like DMS, or a sulfur note. And you know, the cell calls out that you can get a sulfury kind of wine like note in there. And um I don't know if that is that meant to be like a Chardonnay or like a you know, something wine-like in there and um but it, it just didn't come across wine-like to me so um whiny or sulfury character but that's optional it's not a fault so hmm. um but i i did feel like i got a little bit of just a little bit of, of cooked corn uh not super heavy at all and and sulfur is kind of What you know, uh, the DMS would be something to drive that. Just just light dimethyl sulfide. Um, The malt has a sweet grainy character, lightly fruity esters in there with a low spicy hop present. I'm wondering if you know spiciness, phenolic uh, spiciness is kind of generally like a phenolic type uh, molecule. I'm wondering if I'm getting a little phenolic in here this time, and I didn't really call that out but I'm just wondering like the spicy hop, you know, what I'm detecting as spicy is not a hop character, but maybe a phenol. And when, when Brian mentioned, um, uh, uh and that's what kind of what triggered that thought to me. And I, it's funny how sometimes someone can mention something and you, you think you're smelling that or, you know, it's just like <laughs> right. word associations are, 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 very strong. And and I'll argue with Brian other times, that there's something, you know, something a little hefeweizenish, almost in there. Yeah. I could see that, like a little, a little phenolic prickliness, like a Belgian beer, almost. You know, hmm. um, that is a little unexpected. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm grasping a little bit. I'm not, I don't know that I'm going to nail this. The judging of this, but uh, you know, it, it's clean. Otherwise, there's, uh, you know, no, no acid no buttery diacetyl. Um, I think I might have also been kind of grasping. I thought. Which, is there a little bit of um, oxidation creeping in? I think we've probably been sitting in the bottles a little, little while here, too. And, you know, is there a faint papery uh, note creeping up in them? Uh, I don't know. Brian, you didn't mention any oxidation.
5: You know, I could talk myself, just what we were talking about before about, about taste being so suggestible, I could talk myself into there being just a hint of papery oxidation but I don't think yeah, it's a heavy. major factor in this.
4: <clears throat>
5: so uh, I agree on the
4: appearance; of golden colored beer, fantastic clarity. Um, you know, um, had a fair head when it when it was poured. Um, I guess the, the head didn't stick around forever. It's kind of faded here, but uh, uh, relatively soon after pouring. But it's they don't last always in these beers either. It's kind of it can have kind of a frothy head. You pour it in those the stanga and it just kind of fades down and, and you know, with large bubbles and and that's pretty acceptable anyway. So I don't fault it for that too much at all. Uh, That's, or I wouldn't fault it for that necessarily. So, um, you know, um, my appearance, I I, I went two out of three just to be different than Brian. (laughs) Um, It
3: sounds like a beer that's very um, hard to define. And it sounds like a very complicated Beer.
4: Well, it's a delicate beer, and I've had them in Cologne. Yeah. Um, granted, this was like 1999 or something like that. So yeah, you had a much younger was a palate last time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> right. as as one of our previous entrants men- mentioned, your uh, you know your memories get rewritten in your brain. So every mm-hmm. time I remember Cologne, I remember that beer a little bit differently and it's like better, it gets better and better and more romanticized in my brain. It's like the perfect, like wonderful, you know, that was just being in my twenties and being in, in Cologne, you
5: know, uh, uh, how do you match that? And Um, I think you've got a good point about how this beer has such a delicate flavor and this is a delicate beer. And there's some, there's an off flavor in here that itself it's not overwhelming it's it's also kind of a delicate off flavor and i think we're having a hard time identifying specifically what it is yeah. because it's not beating us over the head like i'm eating a piece of pumpkin you know i'm licking a bag of microwave popcorn no sometimes it's it hits you over the head like this but the off flavors is about as subtle as every other flavor hmm.
4: so yeah with that i'll get into the flavor um Flavor wise has a soft, bready malt. I thought I got a light papery oxidation in the flavor that was detracting, sadly. Um, But it seems to have a clean, low temp ale fermentation. It's not super fruity um, over the top there. Uh, And again, the low spicy hop. uh, I keep coming back to the spicy. um, And uh, there could be, I think it might be a a little phenolic character in there. But again, it's not like a medicinal, super offensive phenolic. It's just one of those nice little slightly belgian phenolics that, that makes something kind of in another beer. It could be really fun, but I don't expect it in a Kolsch. Hmm. Um, That's and, fair. And it seems like more than just from hops. So something there. Um, moderate bitterness. I thought the bitterness balanced it fine to me. Um, just a little faint, little low, sulfury DMS... Uh, Little corn-like in the flavor, um, but these beers can have a little sulfur too because it's a it's a low uh, low temperature fermentation generally, and um, you know they lager it. Um, the beers the beer is balanced to the malt. Um, it finishes fairly dry. Um, to, to this, you know that's fine for style. Um, aftertaste is malty and um, a little let's say corny slash spicy, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, generally fairly light, but not as delicate as I would want the beer to be overall. Um, something just a little heavy in the flavor that's just kind of attacking me a little bit, but it's, it's generally just like goes down. You know, I, This beer doesn't, it goes down easy, but it's not as just uh, my memory of the beer. <laughs> Super just like, wow. Um, uh, anyway, clean, no, no, dazzle, no, acid Alhyde clean otherwise. I mean, you know, it's like it's um, there's nothing super offensive here, it's just it doesn't. There's some little things to say, uh, Kul's or not Coles. Um, mouth, it's this is a hard beer to brew. Let me let's just put it right up <laughs> <out> there. <laughs> mouth, yeah. wise, uh, medium light body, uh, with medium low carbonation. I think it could use. I, I agree with Brian. Could use a little more spritziness to push that up a little bit. Um, I felt like I was getting a very faint astringency. Not, nothing super biting at all, but just a little. And so maybe from from a, a little phenolic in there, possibly. Um, it, it is actually crisp, which uh, to me I think is one of the hallmarks of the style. It has to be has a kind of dry, crisp finish, and uh, that's nice about it for sure. There's no warmth, as you wouldn't expect any here anyhow. Um, not a creamy bear. It's actually fairly smooth. So I rated it fairly well on the mouthfeel, like four out of five. Um, overall, this is a nice, you know, a close recipe. I think the recipe itself is actually pretty good. Um, I was like going for it and um, seems, you know, fairly well cared for. I think there's something that went a little... A little different in the fermentation it could possibly be a wild yeast kicking up a little light phenolic just really faint a little pear shaped um, <laughs> um you know or 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 something in bottling but that that seems unlikely because it might be a little a little more prickly <laughs> and and higher carbonation um but yeah just uh could be a little oxidation creeping in it's, it's such a delicate beer it doesn't stand up well to and even the commercial versions you get that have traveled all the way from Germany to here are just so much different from what you taste there and what you taste in a really good fresh homebrew version of it. Um, the DMS is kind of, there is a little corn like thing in here that's kind of taken a little bit of, away from it. Um, again, yeah, there's probably a lot of pill small in here and you want um, to drive your boil, you know, well, uh, you probably want to increase the carbonation a little bit, a fair amount actually, and reduce the oxygen content at any point after initial fermentation, um, you know, initial pitch actually. So, you yeah, know, spoil a little bit harder, drive off some of the DMS. Um, still a nice beer despite a few minor issues. I, I, I landed at a twenty nine on it myself, and I just, I don't know, I, it's uh, that puts it in the, the absolute highest end of good. Is like misses the mark on style and or minor flaws if you look at the scoring guide i would say it's it doesn't quite perfectly it doesn't quite hit the style to me as well as it could and there's something just just really minor in there that's detracting from it but i could probably be easily twisted to go into very good you know which is generally within style parameters some minor flaws what's going on here is fairly minor it's just you know, low end of very good, high end of good. It's not. It's not a bad beer. It's just. It
3: sounds like it's it's minor, but it's 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 not pulling the beer in a certain direction, so it's hard to define. And it sounds like you're 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 struggling with it a little. It's bit.
4: It's such a hard beer to brew <clears throat> well. And I know yeah. how hard it is to make uh, a good colch. Right. There's not not a lot to hide behind here. And you want to have that crispness and that nice lager thing. Have it go down easy. You know, uh, and that light fruitiness combined with that dry crisp quality and just super refreshing summer beer and this is close it's it really actually is i like it i could drink like brian said a lot of it but it's yeah. um there's it's more almost like a a different kind of
5: like a belgiany twisted like hail mm-hmm. or something yeah there's something different in here definitely so, something yeah, we're, funky we're both having a hard time we're both kind of struggling with what it is but that's like it's because what's wrong is not overwhelming
3: right well, let's hear from What's
5: Nate. What's wrong is it's probably that Nate listened to our advice and we twisted it <laughs> <in> the wrong <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. What were you thinking?
3: Nate, what did you do with this? Beer?
0: Yeah, I actually went down four points from, from when I sent it in last year. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I guess maybe what I'll do is I'll kind of run through the recipe quick and maybe talk about some of the changes I made. And Yeah, do that. And then based on some of your, your comments here, kind of you know what I think I would do differently next time. So though um, well, this recipe was a five gallon batch or maybe five and a half going in the fermenter. So it was 85% German pills, uh, 10% uh, Vienna malt, just try to give it a little more character and then 5% of uh pills. So this was, um, uh, mashed at uh, like 149 150 trying to keep that you know a little bit lower try to get it to ferment pretty clean and 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 a little more on the drier side uh one up pitching at about one um i'm sorry one at about um 64 and fermented for about 11 days at 64 f so i did use lalamond um the this colsh ale yeast and you know when when Char mentioned the um, like a Belgian, so I've, I've used this yeast a couple of times, and I kind of get that. Like it's, it's, it is almost like a like a Belgian characteristic with this yeast, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a property of the yeast or, or maybe how I'm managing it through fermentation. You know, maybe, maybe I should be going a little cooler, but with it being an ale yeast, the 64F seems like a pretty good range. Um, I let that run for about 10 days, and again, maybe maybe I could let that run longer there too. Um, I guess getting back to the boil, you, you guys, I know typically with, you know, high Pilsner malt, um, grain bills, typically maybe a 90 minute boil would be better. I just did a 60 minute here. So, you know, again, if I do this again, um, maybe I'll go to a 90 minute and see how that, how that helps things out. But um, yeah, so, so again, 60 minute boil, and then, then did it for about 10 days in the fermenter um, at, at about 64 F. And then I ramped it up for about 36 hours up to six, 68 to 70 F. So I don't know if that's maybe getting a little too hot um, to try to get a little diacetyl rest in there, but, or maybe I could have left that longer. Maybe I try to clean up some flavors. I don't know. Maybe it kind of, you know, once I finish up here, maybe you guys left some recommendations for there for, for things to do better. Um, but you know, this beer was turned around pretty quickly though, Too I guess, pretty quickly. So I, I wound up kegging in about 20 days, it looks like here. So three weeks, I don't know if that's, you know, from what I was kind of reading two cultures you kind of want to turn around fast you kind of want to drink them a little on the younger side you don't want to let them age from from what I was reading there um and then just some of the interesting comments you guys made so the last time I was on um I think I used a little more um like pale ale type malt so the comments I got before was a little bold a little dark um and a little bit astringent and and then too bitter so one of the big recommendations was to to back off that bittering about a third (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And, uh... and and then from from Brian Charles, kind of chuckled when he said, "Ah, eh, it's not enough bitterness God. here." So I was like, <laughs> "So so I went sorry, from, no, I, it's I went from you know one and a half ounces of, of probably a little higher AA um, hop to to something lower, and then just going to a, going to one ounce. So maybe missed the mark a little bit there from a, a bitterness standpoint. So I, I, be, I
5: think like this is again, this goes back to the fact this is such a delicate beer and as, as a style that even little changes, I think, can can make a big impact on the aroma and the flavor. Sure.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. You, you know, for my hop additions, what I did is a 60 minute, 2.8% um, milfru. Uh, at 20 minutes, I added a, a 2.0 herbucker. And then that flame out, I added a 3.1% tetananger. So that, that was the hops, all all one ounce increments there. Um, and then again, nice like I said- it, hops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it kind of fit the style well. Um and and again, if, you know, things that I want to do if I so I, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to send it to you and I, I'm going to get to a 40 a 40 point beer here eventually. So you guys will, you guys will help me get there. Um <laughs> I, the, the next things I'm going to do is I'm going to try to boil a little bit longer. And I, I think I'm going to try a different yeast. Um they like say I've tried I've done this this Lalamon coal yeast and I kind of get that different kind of it's a little bit a little bit spicy I, I picked that up on on a few beers that I've done maybe I might try to do something different with a different yeast and see what I can come up with there and then maybe ferment a little bit cooler a little bit longer and then maybe you know ramp up a diacetyl rest a little bit longer over over a few more days and and kind of hold it there for a little bit before going to kegging so I've kind of changed my fermentation process a little round too I can I can do a little bit better job with you know re- reducing oxygen um, there I've got, I can pretty much do oxygen free transfers now or basically under pressure. Oh, nice.
5: so, yeah, that's, that's cool. A, yeah. Just yeah trying I, to... I think changing that yeast, I, I have got nothing against Lollamond yeast or dry yeast or anything, but if that's, uh, if you're consistently getting like a spicy character out of that, uh, and that's really not that's out of place for a Kolsch, uh, I would just try something else. Try, try different Lalaman. try different manufacturer, try, you know, White Labs or Y yeast, or there's, you know, 10 different yeast companies these days uh, that are all making good quality yeast. Uh, I would, I would try something else and see if you're happy with it.
4: Yeah. I'll try the WPO29 and see how that works for you sometime. I mean, yeah, it might, might yeah. be a good way to go. But one thing in part of your commentary is, okay, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a beer that you want to drink fresh. Uh, but that that also doesn't mean you want you don't you don't want to rush the process, and it's it's a lager in all but name. I mean, they lager all of these, and um, you, part of the part of what just makes this beer so clean and refreshing and crisp is that it has a, a nice lagered quality to it, even though it's a low mm-hmm. ale fermentation temperature uh, beer. You you definitely want to lager it, you know, at minimum two to three weeks and let it, you know, sit like, as, as the fermentation is finishing out, drop it down, get it down and, you know, get it down there into the, 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 the you know, thirties to, you know, low forties and just let it condition and be patient with it. Cause you know, rushing it out, you know, it, it's, it's only gonna taste rushed. <laughs> That's what I think. But yeah, uh, it's a German beer. They're, they're, they're patient you know in, in some ways they're they're methodical people they, they like we just do it this way and this is how it's always done we put the beer in the cave for two three weeks and then it's ready <laughs> right you know I, I, that's not even a that's a horrible german accent i just did but yeah anyway that's yeah, right you must put the beer in the cave for two to three weeks and then it's ready
3: <laughs> yeah for so, sure
4: so what do you think it about it, I still rush?
3: It should,
0: I, should I completely avoid that part of the process? Because I, I know I've done other beers like like my box in the past, and I've gotten pretty good results by doing something like that after you know a week or two of primary fermentation, kind of raise the temperature up three or four degrees, and then kind of go into a cold crash or a lager at you know 35, 38 degrees F, and kind of hold it there for a couple of weeks. It, I mean, and, and again, I, I really didn't lager this beer, and maybe, and maybe that's part of where I'm where I'm missing the boat on some of this too. Right. So.
4: Yeah, di- diastole rest, you didn't have any butter in it, so that I, w- I, d- I don't think I would skip a diastole rest. You don't, no. you don't always have to bring it all the way up to 68 degrees. You know, if it's if you're fermenting in the lower 60s, you could bring it up to 65, 66 for a, a couple few days and then then uh, bring it down to lager temp.
5: Yeah, at that but point um, in the fermentation, that that's not a high temperature excursion. Uh, that's not going to create fusels. The yeast are essentially done. And when you're raising it to that diacetyl rest temperature for two, three days, all you're doing is the yeast are cleaning up that diacetyl, right? They're not, if, if you were to have your diacetyl rest at 80, <laughs> that might be, I want to get it done in 12 hours and I take it to 80. I might like, okay, maybe that's going to give you some bad results. That's. There's a reason why the diacetyl rest is kind of a standard temperature, or standard temperature range. Uh, it's not high enough at that point in fermentation to create off flavors. And what it's doing is making your yeast eat the off flavors, uh, which is a nice bonus because usually you know you're trying to keep your yeast from just creating them in the first place. So if they can do their part and clean up that beer, you know, you might as well let them
4: right. I, I fully agree with that. And it's, yeah, there, there may be a misperception that, oh, well, if I raise it up to 68 for too long, it's going to get too fruity. Cause there, you know, that's where you get all the fruity. Fuzz. No, that's all again, early in fermentation, when it's super yep. active and kicking, if you're fermented the cold like, even for the first day at, at 68, 70, that, then you're going to get too much fruit. But yep. after, you know, seven, eight days of fermentation, it's pretty much finished out and you raise it up a little bit. Hey, you know, hey, and do you a nice do? big pitch. I'm sure you know how to do a good yeast pitch and a starter. But, uh, yeah, um, it doesn't seem like you handled handled your yeast poorly. Just, no. Yeah. It's like a little thing in it, man. Finish it out
0: right. Yeah. That's, that's what I think I'll do is maybe we'll do a, you know, a liquid yeast next time and do a, a you know, pretty good size starter with that and, and pitch a, a good amount there and maybe come in a little cooler too. Well, obviously I use the, the a lager, lager yeast, I'll come in a little cooler there too and kind of hold it there for longer. So yeah. yeah uh, especially
4: with these beers that, that you ferment cooler, you know, it's not a lager, you're not fermenting it at 50 degrees, but you still, where you might use a, a you know, a, a good pint of yeast slurry, like really happy, vigorous yeast slurry, ready to go. Yeah, a pint and a half wouldn't hurt or slightly over pitch it. You know, just, just go, okay, here's what the books say. I'm going to go that extra titch and get it get it there. Yeah,
5: the extra yeah. titch. Wasn't this, did this used to be in the category of like European hybrid or something where it's not quite a lager and it's not quite an ale, but it's kind of in that yeah. in some sort of middle territory?
3: Yeah. It was a long time ago, Brian.
5: Yep. I know. I'm kind of old, though, so. Uh,
3: All right, Nate, you got anything else for the boys?
5: Nope, I'm good. Thanks for the feedback, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank
0: you, Nate. I appreciate you sharing the beer. Yeah, you guys have a good evening. Yeah, you too, man. You too. Happy 4th. Yeah, thanks. All
3: right, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. We're going to wrap things up here on Dr. Homebrew. I want to briefly hear about Brian Char's adventures in Dubai, uh, but, uh, you know, not for too long because it's getting late. So anyway, hang on, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back.
2: Hello fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a backhouse in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games.
3: The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2 serve your kegged wine or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com.
2: back to the examination
3: all right everybody, we're wrapping things up here on dr homebrew brian you went to dubai my brother what what what, what what's up man well
5: Why? of all the times I, I, to
3: go anywhere and of all the places to go you picked the 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 summerest of summery times
5: oh god yeah. Yeah, this is kind of a funny story so I just I found out I about fucking this, hope so uh, it's for the radio. health 2021 conference uh, in Dubai it's a medical device thing and I, mm-hmm. I know I'm a patent attorney and I do medical de- I, just, medical devices are part of my practice I, I like it and yeah. I thought, well you know what I'm ready to go back out and travel my fiance wants to get out and travel we're gonna go do a thing oh fiance uh, yeah did I not tell you that Rebecca and I are engaged no I but we're engaged
3: wow congratulations Brian Shar.
5: Thank you. Nice job, man. Uh, He's probably
4: mentioned it on the show six times by now. Yeah, but everyone (laughs) tunes
3: him out, so it's fine.
5: (laughs) I I knew it. Congrats, man. Maybe it wasn't on the show. thank you. uh, Thank you very much. Uh, But, you know, we both wanted to kind of, okay, we're vaccinated. We're ready to travel. And I I was surprised at how cheap the hotel and the airfare was. You know, my daughter went to D.C. for a week, uh, and her airfare was the same round trip as mind the dubai and we we stayed at the sheraton it was a five stars a beautiful hotel it was like 80 bucks a night wow and i'm thinking well, maybe that's just dubai i i don't know no uh well we get there and discover it's 105 <laughs> and it's humid uh which i wasn't expecting but i should have yeah. because hey it's on the persian gulf there's mm-hmm. a big body of water right there of course it's going to be humid yeah you know people were real nice it was a, a great place But we discovered, yeah, pretty soon that what we had done was essentially go to Vegas in July. (laughs) Right. uh, And that's why things were so cheap. And it turned out the conference is almost always in January. But because they couldn't do it in January and they didn't want to lose a year of revenue, they moved the 2021 conference from January to June. uh, And then next year's will be in January. Apparently, it's like 80 and beautiful in Dubai in like January. Wow. So it's kind of fascinating. But you know, you
4: enjoy that next year then.
5: <laughs> uh, I, you know, I might go back in 23, yeah. which now that I th- 23 is a year and a half away, if you can believe that. Uh you know, we're 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 18 months away from 2023 right now. So try mm. to absorb that if you can. Uh, So right before I left, you know, JP texted me and said, Hey man, there's a trader Vix in Dubai. Yeah. Uh, When you go, you got to go get me a mug or something,
3: something, man. I need something. I'm never going to Dubai.
5: Okay. That's, that's cool. You know, I'm curious to check it out. And you know, we go over, it's like a a Sunday night or something to the, the trader Vix. You went and we did. And you know what there, uh, the emirates are kind of like the or and dubai in particular are kind of like the vegas or the middle east mm-hmm. because they're very not in terms of gambling but they're they're very for a country in the muslim world they're very kind of liberal you know you can kind of do what you want but you don't go get smashed and stumble it in the street type of thing okay right? sure you know, if you, you can go especially as a foreigner. Uh, but nobody makes you show a passport. You know, if you want to go to a a, a restaurant, typically it's located in or near like a a, a big international hotel. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of them. Yeah, you, know, you can. There's no problem having a drink or three or something. So Trader Vic's, you get like drinks just like anywhere else. And I got this is what's doubly this is part of what's funny. I got the Trader Vic's Dubai uh, Mai Tai glass oh, uh, hell for yeah. both of you guys. So I got two one one for Cooper, one for, for oh, JP. Thanks, brother. Ah. But but the funny part is how I got them because Uh we get there and we order, we sit down to order and I'm asking our server, do you sell mugs like tiki mugs or something? And she looks at me like I've grown horns. <laughs> and we kind of look around and realize they don't have any swag at the Trader Vicks at all. Huh. So Rebecca whips out her phone and she finds online on the Trader Vicks website where to get the Trader Vicks Dubai Mai Tai glass <laughs> and ordered them so that they would be waiting for us when we got home. <laughs> so they're from Dubai in the sense that we. The we name is on there. Our cell phones. Okay. At, at, at the restaurant, they were delivered to my home in Martinez to give to you. Wow! Uh, from, I from thought Dubai. I thought you were so,
4: gonna I thought you were gonna tell us that you lifted them from the 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 Trader Vic. Oh there my God! And, Can you uh, imagine your personal, no, personal I, safety? I, I'm
5: not I'm not doing that shit. No, that is <laughs> they not... didn't have them like that, and I'm not I'm I'm not taking that chance.
3: No, that part of the no no <laughs> I don't want to be stereotypical, they're, but they're pretty
5: they're pretty they're pretty strict, especially with foreigners. Yeah. But I don't want to be testing that by stealing shit. You know, no. that's that's not OK. That's not. Thank cool. you. It's not cool to be stealing glasses from restaurants at the best of times. Uh, but that's not True. a time or place to be doing. That. Although
3: I do remember saying I think it was one of the first shows that um, Dan Gordon was on. And I, brought, I mentioned a story. I was like one time I was in the Gordon Beers in San Francisco and I saw this lady put just, you know, they had those beautiful like. um They're sort of like English-style pint. I guess they're German-style, whatever. Like the 20-ounce, you know, sort of like flared glasses with their logo on it. Classic Gordon Beers glass. And she just like, you know, popped the drink and and slipped it in her purse and then like skated out. And I told him, I was like, yeah, I saw this and I was weird. And he goes, yeah, that's sort of why we have them. That's why all the glassware in the place is branded with our name because we expect people to... To steal a certain amount of it, and then that we just write it off as like an advertising thing. That's why you're never yeah. going to get anything in an unbranded glass at a Gordon Beer's. Yeah, I'm like, wow, that's and, pretty liberal with your uh, <laughs> with your budget. Yeah, right? and, I,
5: and I totally get that. And it's not yeah. like when I was young. And stupid, I didn't steal a couple of glasses out of a couple of different establishments. Oh, I'll still do it. Know, I don't give a 35 shit. Thirty-five years ago, or whatever. But yeah. I I don't know. I'm getting older. I'm just not so keen on doing that. You well, know?
3: I I mean, especially at tiki places, like they they know it. I mean, the mugs that they're serving yeah. you out of are like fifteen twenty dollar mugs. So, you yes. know, you're not going to get out of there before you pay. And they're yes. going to know. They're going to count their glassware. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a, that's a funny story, man. I like it. But overall, you had and a you know good what? time. And the
5: drinks, the drinks were great. Really? Okay. And and you know the conference was good, and I you know made some contacts and the client development, and hopefully you know it was uh, it, even if nothing comes out of it, I think something will probably come out of it. Uh, yeah. We didn't spend a huge amount of money on it either.
3: Good. Well, that sounds cool, man. I'm, I'm glad you made That's it back. A good Everything's all yeah, right. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for, and, uh, yeah, at some glass,
5: point man. in the next couple of the next month or two, I will,
3: uh, you should have just drop shipped
5: uh, into- <laughs> to, you. <laughs> you <should've laughs> to my house, man. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you, get uh, one for
4: yourself as well, Brian? You have, I, you I have did not, heard? but I've, I actually
5: oh. was in Dubai. So I, I had the experience of, okay. I have photographs of being there. So there I don't need a, a glass to prove that I, I have so much glassware anyway. And we're also, yeah, same. we're, we're moving also. We're buying a house in, in concord uh kind of over by uh north concord bart there you go uh, and i'm kind of in the mode of getting rid of stuff yeah rather than getting more stuff you know Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. all right everybody well thanks a lot for tuning in thank you to colin and nate for sitting in beers and rebrewing some beers for us i think that was fun i like that and uh, send
4: us send us your beer to brian at the brewing if you want to get on just email me with what you have and we'll get you on that's right. Because we do need beer. We do need beer.
5: Any, any fermented beverages, as we've Anything. said before.
3: You know, yeah, whatever. Uh, it is interesting that the older that we get, you know, we, we're having more rebrews, and I like that. Eventually, we're all just going to be rebrews.
5: Eventually, the show will just be us and Colin yeah. uh, and like Nate and a couple of other guys, and we'll just yeah, be doing a like every week.
3: Yeah, for sure. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's been Dr. Homebrew. You've been great, and uh, we'll see you guys later.
4: Thanks for Pew Defenders. We love you.